Hi, and welcome to the Small Business MBA. My name is Yasmin Ali. Did you know that you can tie an elephant to a pole using just a very thin rope or chain? Can you imagine why a fully grown elephant can be tied with a thin or short rope and yet it doesn't try to break free? From birth, a baby elephant is confined using a short rope tied to a stake in the ground. While he's young, he learns that no matter what, he can only move to the end of the rope and in time gives up trying to break free, even though by the time he is fully grown, he could easily pull out the stake and run away. Could you be just like our elephant? Are you trapped in your comfort zone at the end of a very short rope, unable to move beyond the length of the rope? Perhaps you're trapped by what you believe about yourself and your capabilities, never able to try doing things in a different way or get different results. In case they don't work. This rope which ties you has been created by your experiences of your life. Your comfort zone will be made up of lots of rules about what you can and can't do, should or should not do. These are reinforced over the years, creating the limiting beliefs which firmly hold you tied to your very own stake in the ground. So what does this have to do with your business? Well, our businesses are quite simply an extension of ourselves. We cannot grow our businesses beyond who we are, and so the stake that holds us in place personally is the same stake that ties our business to one spot, never to grow. In other words, our individual limiting beliefs become our business's limiting beliefs, and in the end, they are often the reason why we do not achieve our success in business. There are five broad ways that we view ourselves. These speak to how short the rope is that we tie to the stakes holding us. The first is called reflected self-acceptance. Basically, we base our acceptance of ourselves and by extension, our belief in our own abilities in what others see and believe. In other words, if other people like me, I must be okay. Or if other people believe that I have the ability to do this, then I must have the ability to do this. Now, there's nothing wrong with seeking other people's perspectives and listening to feedback. In fact, this is an important part of being an entrepreneur. But if your value is completely based externally, that is a dangerous place for an entrepreneur. If you're always relying on others to give you your sense of value, then you will have issues with setting prices, collecting on debts and even employing people. Your decisions will always be based on what will get others to like you rather than your own beliefs about yourself and your business. Next, we have conditional self-acceptance. This basically translates to basing your self-worth on some external standards, and these may be someone else's personal standards. So when you can meet their standards, then you'll be okay. So think about a chef in a restaurant. One day, the restaurant is critiqued by a leading food blogger. The chef goes into a panic about whether she will like what he cooks and goes into a tailspin trying to make what she will like rather than what he knows he's good at. Now, I'm not saying that we should not have standards, but rather that the standards should not only be based on external measures, but our own abilities. Then we have self-evaluation. Self-evaluation basically means that we set ourselves an external standard based on others. So, I wish I had her confidence or her talent or her smile. We believe that we're less than someone else purely because of one comparison that we've made for ourselves. Now again, there's nothing wrong to be better people, but this should be based on what we want for ourselves, not what other people have going for them. 
And while we should by all means look to learn from every person and every situation, this constant comparison can be exhausting. And for our businesses, it means that we never have our own sense of identity because there's always something else for us to jump onto. Real ideal comparison is when we basically decide that we will be happy when. It can be when we lose weight or when we get married or when we achieve something in life. But there's always a when attached. We see this future version of ourselves as the ideal and the current version of ourselves as not so ideal. Here at least the positive is that we are setting our own standards and ideals, so it's not externally based. In the same way, any targets that we set for our business is also internally based. But the danger as an entrepreneur is that we do not see the value in what we already have and what we've already built. We tend to always see ourselves as the small business, regardless of what we've built. This speaks to a lack of self-confidence and good people will not stay in a business where the owner does not seem confident. Finally, we have basic self-acceptance. Basic self-acceptance means that we accept who we are, warts and all. We know that there's work to be done, but we also know that that's perfectly normal. Everybody has work to do. The difference in this level of self-acceptance is that we can see and are aware of our own talents and gifts in addition to the standards that we set for ourselves or that we buy into externally. We see the world for what it is and we know that our actions will get us from where we are to where we want to be. And that's what we focus on, our actions, rather than wishing or breaking ourselves down. As we grow our business, it's important to know that the way we view ourselves will reflect the way that we view and therefore manage the business. We need to accept that our businesses as they are while building them to a better place. It's not about trying to get better, but rather being realistic and excited about the targets that we set and growing alongside our businesses as the business benefits from our personal growth. After the break, I talked to someone with first-hand experience of the importance of self-acceptance in growing an entrepreneurial business. Welcome back. I'm now joined by an entrepreneur, Hanifa Matani from Stalishi, who is going to talk to us about her journey in terms of self-acceptance. Hanifa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Yasmin, for this opportunity to impart some wisdom on some people, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you will. Um, you. So talk to me about your journey, your journey into entrepreneurship. So I think my journey started with finding a gap in the market and then mm -hmm. finding a way to also put my passion and my purpose and integrate it into that business as okay. well. And, and I mean, I know that you started your, your, your business when you, when you were a mom, just re-entering the, the job market. How, right. did, how did that play a part in you deciding to be an entrepreneur? It played a big part. Look, I think flexibility for a mother is very important. Mm -hmm. And to be completely honest, I didn't have that much support, uh, sp specifically from my father, who mm -hmm. felt that I was pregnant at the time that I started my business, that I should be placing that time spending it with my children and mm. focusing on my family and not Because really a woman's priorities, right? Correct, correct. <laughs> and he also had a bit of skepticism, you know, no one in my family has uh, entered the fashion industry. I myself don't actually, to be honest, have any experience mm. prior to this with fashion. So I was taking a big risk. I could I completely understand the reservations. 
but you created a product which was a product that you needed, a product that Correct. you that that you saw the gap in the market because That's you looked right. for it and, and, and you couldn't find it. So what was the product that you looked for? So I noticed a gap for multifunctional maternity wear. So clothing okay. that can be worn when you're pregnant, when you're breastfeeding, and also just when you're not pregnant, maybe come back from a holiday, you need to hide a little bit of post. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Indulgence, yeah, yeah. So I just basically wanted to create something unique and something that... But it, aside from the clothing, I have a much bigger vision to my business and ultimately I would like to help women basically and I found a few other creative ways in which to do that and I think that specifically mothers, we are very undervalued and underestimated segment in society and I wanted to change that and just to do something about it. So, And also I think it was important for me to be a role model to my daughter, you know. Yeah. Everything changes when you become a parent and you realize <laughs> how important it is to be someone that you want your child to grow into and I wanted to prove to her that anything you set your mind to doing you can do no matter what anybody says to you you know I think I did some coaching mm -hmm. and I realized how many self-limiting beliefs I had and what I wanted to do as a mother is just make sure that I raise a strong mm -hmm. confident daughter who knows her worth yeah. and is confident and yeah so so what were a couple of those um, limiting beliefs that you that you had so I definitely had a fear of failure. In fact, I've done some research and the two main things that sort of prevent people from taking big risks is mm. ultimately the fear of failure and the fear of rejection. Yeah. And I had a deep fear of failure from, God, childhood, you know, yeah. I guess I was not necessarily the brightest pea in the pod, you know, I would study hard and not always get the best results and I came from a family of overachievers yeah. where my sisters would read their work the night before and get <laughs> distinctions so I was I, I guess no one in my family had particularly high hopes for me and it, it it's something you pick up on you know like you it where you have those issues of low self-esteem and it's something that I, it's been a God, a difficult journey to get over. But that's an, that's an interesting one because because we are very much brought up in a cookie cutter fashion. So we, we go to school and we're supposed to do well because, you know, that's going to lead you into a certain path. And it doesn't really, it doesn't always fit every every individual. I mean, the education mm. system isn't meant for the individual. No, so So what you're saying to me is you were just one of those where you know it wasn't the ideal setting for you to shine yeah definitely so i was not academically inclined i was definitely always more creatively inclined and it's just it's something that i don't think is always necessarily nurtured because mm. i think a lot of people have this perception that there are certain industries in which your child must enter for them to be successful you know yeah. doctors lawyers accountants etc but what they don't actually realize is in the next like 10 to 20 years, all of those jobs are going to be redundant, essentially. So if you don't have creativity and entrepreneurial skills and leadership skills, you're pretty much screwed, to be honest. Yeah, so um, moving on to, to, to a little later, and you actually realizing that you, you do have this gift and, and, and you have this talent. How did you, how did you think about yourself differently um, in terms of your own levels of self-acceptance? So... I think one of the things that helped me with that as such is celebrating my small wins. This yes. is something I learned through coaching is like focusing more on my strengths and my abilities mm. and, you know, doing that, for, mm. you're not, not always trying to better yourself on your mm. weaknesses per se. Push yeah. yourself on your strengths as well, you know, yeah. and you might surprise yourself. So. 
And, 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 and isn't it interesting how you realize how far you've come once you start actually celebrating those small successes? Oh, yeah. because, because before long, you're celebrating on a weekly basis. Sure. Um, because, I mean, that's something that you, hey, hey, I didn't know how to do this before, and now I know how to do it. Yay, me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Get a so, deep sense of pride from those accomplishments, which I have definitely, I've, I've become, I'm a lot less hard on myself, you know. Hmm. And I think that was something I really struggled with. I was always trying to be everything to everyone. And I actually went for a workshop where one of the women had made a comment to say that whenever you place labels on yourself, you know, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm mm. an employee, I'm this and that, you're sort of taking a little bit more from your soul without even knowing that you're doing that. Mm. And you can lose yourself in that. And then it started, I started really thinking about myself, what I want from life, you know, what's yeah. important to me, and just doing a lot of reflection, a lot of affirmations, a lot of yeah. meditation, you know, things that, for me, that was stepping a lot out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I wasn't the biggest believer in all of these things. And you feel a little bit crazy, you know, screaming to yourself in the morning, like, you know, because I do, I scream <laughs> affirmations to myself, and I do it in this power pose, supposedly, so I must look like a lunatic, but you know. In any case, just reaffirming to myself that what I visualize, I materialize, you know, that I'm a success, I'm an inspiration. So just like shouting all of these positive things to myself in the morning. At first, it feels mad, but I can tell you, honestly, it seems to be really working for me. So I think it's also just sometimes taking risks, doing something mm. that you're not usually comfortable with, and you may surprise yourself. So that's something I now place great emphasis on, mm. is doing something out of my comfort zone at least once a week. I do something completely different. And it's amazing how many new passions I've discovered in that process. You know, it's not as intimidating as it seems once you're doing it. <laughs> they say that, that growth happens where your comfort zone ends. So constantly challenging agree. that comfort zone must be a massive way for you to move yourself forward. Definitely. So um, we've spoken about a fear of rejection. We've spoken about a fear of failure. How about a fear of success? Has that, has that come knocking on your door yet? For sure. I actually didn't even realize it at first until because for me, the infancy phase and the growth mode happened a lot faster than I anticipated. You know, thank God I shouldn't be complaining <laughs> about that. That's quite a great problem to have. But at the same time, it did make me realize that I was quite afraid of a success. You know, I think there are numerous reasons that contributed to that fear. I knew the sacrifices that it would mean for my family and like, and also um, just for my husband, you know. Mm. It's not easy necessarily for a man to be with a strong, successful woman. And it's difficult, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, other aspects of your life do tend to take strain, you know, mm. so it was difficult for me managing my time, you know, and just making sure I'm prioritizing accordingly because ultimately my family is my priority and yeah. I never want to do anything at the expense of that. So a lot of, a lot of working moms struggle with that balancing, you know, um, work life and, and, and the kids in particular, as well as the family life um, on the whole. Yes. For an entrepreneur, that's so much more difficult because we tend to need to put so much more time into it than a lot of people that are in formal employment. So how do you maintain a level of self-acceptance and how do you maintain balance within all of your roles as mom? <laughs> as wife, as entrepreneur? Mm, that's a bit of a tough one. I think time management has never been a strength of mine. It's something I'm still working on. But I think just for me, just taking baby steps, deciding what my priorities are for that week, and you know, doing the day-to-day -day things mm. to achieving those things. And just also making sure that you have flexibility. Like today, for example, was a bit of a surprise interview I had. But it was such a tremendous opportunity for me, so I managed to work my schedule around it. But just also like 
living in the moment, you know, doing what you feel is the right thing mm. for you. I think people also have this notion that to be an entrepreneur, you have to have a certain lifestyle. You have to wake up at 4 a.m., you have to meditate, you have to exercise, you have to eat a vegan life. God knows, people have weird perceptions of entrepreneurship, <laughs> right? But I think also and just you have to be doing your MBA you. at the same time. You have to be yeah, doing your MBA at the same time. Yeah, you have to be doing all of those things, exactly, you know, so. <laughs> and, and, and the journey, the interesting thing is the journey to entrepreneurship is so different for every, every single individual Definitely. that, that uh, trying to put a label on it and trying to go, this is when you are now an entrepreneur, yes. kind of becomes silly because, you know, we 100%. all are in different places. Definitely. And that's where the, the, the I'm okay is really so important, you know, that self-acceptance yes. of who, who, who you are and, yes. and where you are. So how do you ensure that you maintain that, I almost want to call it that Zen space. How do you, so you've, you've spoken to us about the affirmations, you've spoken yes. to us about, about making the time and, and about the craziness. Yes. In that moment where you think to yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm screwing up, what is the one thing that you tell yourself that says, you know what, actually I'm okay. So I'll give you a quote that my father once told me that has just stuck with me and I think it's one of the most important things I've ever learned is that to try and to fail is to learn, but to fail to try is to suffer the inestimable loss of never knowing what might have been. I think so. that that is a beautiful way to end this interview. Thank you Thank so you. much for your time today. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you. I really appreciate it. After the break, I'll give you some practical ways that you can implement some tools into your life and into your business. Join me for that. Welcome back. This week, we're looking at the different levels of self-acceptance and the importance of building our own personal levels of acceptance alongside our acceptance of our businesses. This week's task comes straight out of the Race Corps Personal Development course, which the majority of our entrepreneurs often list as the most important work that they have done on the program. I'd like you to reflect on which level of acceptance you display in different relationships in your life. For bonus points, you can even subdivide that. So, for example, rather than just looking at family, you can divide that between your spouse or your partner, your kids, your parents and even your siblings. Or in your business, you can divide that into clients, employees, and even at the bank if they're currently an important part of your, of your life. Now ask yourself if this is the level that you want to be at in this area. Here's the thing. Sometimes in our lives, a level of external target setting is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. So in our businesses, benchmarking against the best is a very positive thing, even though it is self-evaluation and therefore self-judgment. It's okay to be where you are and to be happy with where you are. The important thing is the awareness. Of course, for those areas where you realize that you're not happy, the question is, what are you willing to do to change it? It isn't just about knowing, it's about doing. So until next time, happy doing and goodbye.